2: You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello and welcome to Garibaldi Red, the Nottingham Forest podcast from Nottinghamshire Live. My name is Matt Davis and we're here with um, what I think is a pretty exciting episode with two Reds greats, hopefully. The first one you can see on your screen as we stream live on Facebook, it's former Reds manager Paul Hart. Good afternoon, Paul. How are you? Fine,
1: thanks, Matt.
2: Good, good. You've been on before um, with an episode talking about the brilliant 2002-2003 season, so people can check that out um, earlier in the stream. When we spoke last, Paul, it was right at the start of lockdown, and you said to me you thought you might be retired if your wife would let you, and you're certainly not retired. So is um, is football a bit like being in the Mafia? You think you're out, but they always get you back in?
1: But, uh, <laughs> I don't think you're ever out. Uh, and uh, I've, I've been very fortunate, as, as you know, through my career. And, and Nathan um, asked me to come back in and uh, uh, he's very persuasive. So I'm really pleased to be at Luton Town.
2: Does it feel good then is, in a sense of, is your main motivation working with players still and improving them or is it winning games? I mean, what do you derive the most enjoyment from these days?
1: Well, it's a, it's a little bit of both. You know, it's, uh, it's nice to win, That that hasn't changed. The feeling of winning uh, hasn't changed. And equally, the feeling when you lose hasn't changed. Thankfully, that, that keeps me going. If, if I hadn't got those emotions, I think it would be uh, a sad state of affairs. So I, I, I pass on I, my knowledge, hopefully, to, to, uh, to players still. And uh, hopefully my work or whatever I do is, uh, um, you know, appreciated.
2: So obviously you've got a game against Forest coming up tomorrow. Um, what are your thoughts on what you've seen of Forest so far? Because it's not been a good start for them, but they have picked up under Chris Hutton a little bit. What, what would you say about Forest this season?
1: Well, I think they're uh, uh, a team that is, uh, if you underestimate them, you could pay a heavy price. So I think uh, uh, with a new manager uh, who I've known for an awful long time, uh, you know that they, they, they've got some very, very good players and uh, I think maybe it's not very far away. Hopefully it won't be tomorrow.
2: Does it make it a bit harder for you as a management team to scout uh, a club that's got a new manager or not?
1: Well, the, the, quite right. There, there are uh, subtle changes that will happen and uh, you try and become aware of them.
2: What would you say about um, a Chris Hughton team? Do you kind of know what you're going to get in terms of they're going to play a certain way, they're going to be very committed? Do, do you kind of foresee a certain challenge from Forrest?
1: I think uh, uh, I think they will be very hard to beat and break down, um, but they've got enough talent in the side to uh, uh, to cause any team uh, problems.
2: You're having um, well a good start. You know, you go into this game as underdogs, probably outside your own um, dressing room. Does that suit you in a way? As losing Town, you quite enjoy that.
1: I think. I think. That is, um, we've got a a fantastic group of players. You know, uh, I don't know if it's 65%, 70% of them were here uh, in League Two. They're great lads. We've known them uh, for up to four years. The players we've signed, the manager is excellent at recruiting players. And uh, uh, we're a tight group. And that, you know, that's our strength with... uh, We're not short on ability, but we're great on on togetherness. And uh, it's just a fantastic place to be.
2: If anyone's got any questions or comments, there's a lot of people watching, do drop them in for Paul. I might put a a couple to him. Do you think, Paul, you're kind of riding a bit of a crest of a wave from the end of last season when you finished well under Nathan Jones to stay up? Do you carry any momentum over, do you think?
1: I think so. I think, uh, you know, I mean, that was a, a minor miracle, uh, uh happened at the end of the season you know and uh Nathan did a, a an amazing job and the players were fantastic you know i i, I can't speak highly enough of uh, of the group of, of the players that are around the place they're um they're inspirational and uh, you know when we i think we were 10 11 points adrift or something silly like that um, and to come back and clinch, it was it was amazing. So, uh, you can't rest on your laurels. So, whether we're riding the crest of a wave or, or, or not, we, we've had a couple of uh, uh, harsh lessons uh, already this season. You know, we we, we may get a few more, um, but uh, we'll 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 come back fighting. I know that.
2: What's it like being at Kenilworth Road without fans? Because whenever I've been there in the press box, it's always a good atmosphere and very noisy, especially that wooden stand. Um, does it make a big difference for you as the the hometown club that can rely on you know the support of fans to get you going a bit? Maybe.
1: Well, our our support is phenomenal, and uh, that little ground uh, absolutely rocks when 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 it's full. Um, but I I think it's like everything, you know, you 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 come to terms with things. So we sort of, and I'm sure this is the case with most professionals. We we would absolutely, uh, absolutely want our supporters to be there, but you, you get, you get in a groove and you get used to it. And um, uh, it's not quite the same ever, but you do cope.
2: What um? What are your kind of aims for the season then? For a club like Luton, is it just to stay up, or do you aim a bit more, a bit higher up the table?
1: Well, we, we've got to we've got to aim uh, as high as we possibly can. You know, we we want to stay in this division, that's for sure. But uh, we we would like to do better than we than we have done previously.
2: Are you, uh, is this kind of it for you? Do you think the last job, or can like you do? You, do you never say that then? Do you think
1: I'm trying not to say anything <laughs> because it, it's quite obvious people remember, <laughs> and uh, uh, so I'm trying not to say anything and uh, just see. Uh, I do sort of take things week by week, uh, I enjoy. Uh, my work, I enjoy the people I work with, and um, at, at 67 years of age, it's a, it's, a, it's a minor miracle for for me to be still around 50 50 years now. So I don't know. Uh, I'm enjoying it, so I'll go with it.
2: What is the job for you then? Are you kind of Nathan Jones's counsellor? You just weigh in with the odd opinion here and there. Is is it not too intensive on the training ground? How do you see your role at Luton? Uh,
1: well, Nathan may—I don't know whether he may call me a nuisance or not. I'm not sure, but uh, <laughs> he—he's—he's uh, he's more than capable of looking after himself now. And uh, uh, sometimes it's just maybe the odd word here and there that. To shakes the tree and uh, I uh, I'm not as active on the training pitch as, as I was but um, maybe my contributions are different and uh, hopefully they're still effective
2: uh, I've got a viewer question that I'll, I'll put to you if you don't mind, it's going back to your days as Forest Manager, it's from Richard Ottaway, um, Paul how good was Gareth Williams to what your whole game plan seemed to go around him uh, what would, I think I asked you about Gareth Williams before, but I love Gareth Williams. What would you say about him?
1: Well, I would, uh, first of all when I was academy manager. I worked really hard to to get him because I was nearly taking him into Leeds, and uh, uh, and I worked really hard. I've, I've like you, like our supporters. I valued him highly, and like most of the other young players that that were there, I couldn't wait to get him in the team and. Uh, uh, I'm really sorry that injury played a a big part in uh, him not fulfilling all his ambitions, Um, but he was certainly a a smashing player. And, uh, um, yeah, I I would endorse all compliments that you could place on on his head. Fantastic.
2: Was he the most naturally gifted? Certainly passer, I think he was excellent. Was he right up there in terms of talents of young players that you've worked with?
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean I mean I've been blessed, uh, you know, at both Leeds and Nottingham Forest to to have worked with some fantastic young players and uh, you know, but when you you know when you look at Genus, Reid, Dawson, uh, there were there were loads. our recruitment programme was fantastic at uh, at Nottingham Forest and I you know uh I'm, I, I was really great. When you consider that they all got in the, our first team, you know, um, it was fantastic. And we were, uh, we think that further down the line, we would probably produce more.
2: Uh, there's a comment from Simon Whitehouse about Gareth Williams' header at Bramall Lane in a 2-1 win that you probably remember that one. If, do you remember all those individual games that far back? I don't know. You've managed a lot of games. I remember
1: them all, but uh, certainly Sheffield United I, I try and remember because there was a fierce rivalry there.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. A couple more before we let you go, if that's all right. Um, a question from Simon Norris. Paul, who was the best Forest player that you played
1: with going oh. back to your playing days? Cool. well... Um let me think. I was I was blessed. Ian Boyer, who was captain, uh Gary Bertels, uh Stephen Hodge, you know, they were fantastic Peter Davenport was a an electric centre forward. I I was I was uh very fortunate, you know. I had a number of exceptional players around me who tried to make me look good and that was uh that was must have been very difficult for them.
2: A uh, question from Chris Beecroft. Paul, last time you played, you had Johnson and Harewood. Um, what do you think about Taylor and Graben? And can teams, do you I don't know if you play two up top, do teams still play two up top and can it work, do you think?
1: I think it can. We've, we've you know, at certain stages, you've got the right players, you can play two up top. Uh, it's a bit of a new phenomenon, a new old phenomenon now. Yes. I, agree. I agree with you, but... Uh, uh yeah, I think you can.
2: Uh, there's a comment from uh, Richard Osway again. Did you give media lessons to Genus Dawson, Robinson Thompson, etc.? They're all on the radio and TV. There, is, that, is that a sign, actually, they're all quite intelligent, good lads that you worked with?
1: And David Prutton as well. Uh, yeah, uh, voice
2: fans don't like him as much. Well, so I'm friends with him. I can uh, say it. he may be slagging off a bit.
1: Well, they, uh, well, no, they've all done very well. And, and, no, as you can see by my media presence here today. I didn't give them any lessons whatsoever.
2: <laughs> no, we're grateful to have you on for the second time. Uh, Nicholas Sanzibar-Smith, your team in the early 2000s was a truly exciting Forest team. You and Klopp stole your philosophy. Do you? <laughs> I, think, I think I've think i asked you this before. Were you a bit ahead of your time, do you think, the, the style of football that you played? I don't me- remember too many teams passing it like you did when you were Forest boss. Uh,
1: I'm not sure whether ahead of the time, but uh, I had a belief In a way of playing, and it's had a huge risk element, and that's probably why I lost all my hair. Uh,
2: I think our second guest is ready to come in. I don't know if we're all right for you to tag out, Paul, if that's all right. We've kept you long. I know you want to travel back north, I think, I was told.
1: Yes, I do, and I am.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you very much for joining us again. Uh, We'll bring in in Chris if that's all right.
1: That's right, he's here now. Thank you, Paul.
2: See you. Thank you. We're going to be joined now by another Reds great in Chris Cohen. Good afternoon. How are you?
1: Hi, Matt. How are you? Are you OK?
2: Yes, very well. Thank you. Thanks for doing this. We really appreciate it. Um no problem, Tom. Does it feel a bit weird looking down at the emblem on your badge and it not being a Forest one? Has that settled in now?
0: Yeah, obviously it took a little bit of um, getting used to it, but, um, you know, I needed to make the decision for... For my career, I knew I was well. I felt like I could, you know, affect first-team football. And um, obviously, I've been really fortunate to come to to a great football club. Um, to do that, obviously, it was hard leaving. Um, hard leaving Nottingham Forest after 13 years and an amazing time there. So many great people that I met, relationship I built with the football club, the supporters. Um, but this is something that I needed to do for my career, and and, and it's definitely definitely the right decision.
2: Um, like with Paul if people have got a few comments or questions for Chris I'm sure he, well, I hope you wouldn't mind us putting one or two to him just towards the end as we go along um, do you think was there an element of risk leaving leaving Forest, Chris because you had that it's never a cushy job in an under 23 team but the the pressure to get results in a first team and the kind of turnover of staff was do you think there was an element of, of risk of taking that move into see, in first team football yeah I mean yeah
0: they're, they're there obviously is no safe job in first team football. Um, I absolutely loved my time at the Twenty Threes. You know, probably the only time I really got really upset was when I was speaking to the players um, to tell them that I was leaving. So it was, a, as I said, it was a hard decision to make. But the thing I've missed since I stopped playing football was the winning and losing being the the most important thing. You know, what I mean, development's great, and I absolutely loved the couple of years that I had. Um, the two years that I had, two and a half years that I had doing it. Um, but the thing that I really miss was the feeling on a Saturday when you win. Um, and That's something that, I, that I've managed to get back already, um, you know, coming into a best environment. I wasn't sure that it would feel like when I was a player, um, but it really, really does because of the work that goes in prior um, and the small details that you go into as a, as a coach and, and watching people work, you know, from, from this side is, has been really eye-opening for me
2: is it a different job day to day working with first team players compared to young uh, uh, under 23s
0: yeah it's obviously I think coaching a, you know football coaching a, or or um, a, a any sport or probably any job is to try and get the best out of people so that is still development and you know I'm a huge advocate of uh, first team players still trying to get themselves better and that's that's one of the roles one of my jobs here is to try and make try and make first team players make first team players better and and grow. Um alongside that obviously we work really hard towards the Saturday or the Tuesday or Wednesday night um to get a result because at the end of the day we know that the livelihoods and, and people's jobs are on the line and, and last year, you know, Luton managed to stay up on the last gap day of the season and you know the aims for this year is to hopefully be well away from, from that happening again.
2: Uh, let me I wanted to ask you about your forest playing career a bit if that's all right. Um did yeah. you almost sign for Leicester? I, I read a piece that you that you might have come close to joining Leicester and then you end up at Forest, is that right? Yeah, there's potential, yeah. Um me and Aaron
0: and um, Davis were we were, were gonna do a joint deal with wherever we went because there's a lot of interest in us. Um and, and Leicester was you know, Leicester were really, really keen, but obviously then forest um Forest came, came good and, you know, it ended up being the right decision most definitely. So there was, there was a chance. It was never like really close in terms of driving there or anything like that. I think I might have been a bit closer to me um, to agreeing stuff. So, you know, I knew, you no know, I knew for quite a while before finally joining Forest that I wanted to be there. There was quite a lot of interest the season before, um, you know, and it was, I knew I wanted to come here and be there for a long time and, you know, it worked out 11 years as a player and, two and a half years as a coach so um, you know lots of ups and downs but hopefully hopefully served the club well whilst i was there
2: you mentioned the season before obviously you with the oval and you play part in a game that's you know not remembered fondly by forest fans when you beat um forest in the playoffs was it a bit weird walking into the forest dressing room for the first time having just knocked them out this, a few weeks earlier do you can you cast your mind back that far
0: yeah, obviously there was a break. We we lost in the playoff final to Blackpool, and then there was a break after after that. So I think it was in, me and Aaron flew out to Austria to to meet the players. We kind of up them a little bit, obviously from the playoff games and playing against them from that season. Um, but I think when we did when we did win at the City Ground, we overall I think we we hopefully showed a lot of humility after. And although there was some really good celebrations because it was a you know the result was at that point was the biggest in, in the club's history. Um, you know, we were also quick to to make sure we um gave our um respect to, to their players and to, to Colin as the manager and stuff like that. So it wasn't too bad, but obviously walking into a dressing room where we've just, you know, knocked knocked me and Aaron have both just kind of played a part. Aaron most definitely played a huge role in
2: knocking knocking
0: Nottingham Forest out that night. Um it was a little bit you know a little bit awkward but but the players made us feel welcome straight away so it worked out okay.
2: Was it a are you kind of a bit gutted for Aaron that it never worked out? Because he was so talented. You know all about injury issues yourself. Aaron, Aaron had uh, a lot of bad fortune as well, didn't he?
0: Yeah, I mean, God, I was fortunate that you know I was managed to play six, you know, five, six, seven years, you know, r- relatively injury free before my problems started. Whereas Aaron, um, obviously, in his first pre-season, there was a game up in Scotland that he broke his leg, so. Um, it never quite worked out. He went on to have a you know a decent lower league career. I'm still really good friends with him. Both still live in Nottingham now, literally two minutes away from each other. Um, he doesn't. And he just. He doesn't. I'm sure he would have loved it to go a different way, but it's football, and you know some things work out and some things don't. But it's just a shame because of the football club more than anyone else that so they never got to see Aaron the way that he was. You know uh, the way that he played for Yeovil. He never really was able because of injury to. To kind of do it the same for, for Nottingham Forest. So, as I said, football's a you know a harsh game at times, and it didn't quite work out for him, which was a shame for him. Most importantly, but also Nottingham
2: Forest. Was that first season at Forest right up there in your career to to take them back into the championship?
0: Yeah, it was you know the most surreal season ever, really, because at lots of times we were you know not particularly popular as a, as a team, and. Colin wasn't overly popular as a manager, um, but we got the job done. That was the most important thing. And when it really, really mattered, uh, the run in the nine games or, or whatever it was, when we were nine points behind Carlisle, I think, and, and to, to go and catch up, um, eleven points behind, whatever it was, to go and catch up over those nine games took, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of mental toughness. Because as I've said a lot of times. It's a brilliant football club to play for. But when you go to a club that's twice European champions and has one of the greatest managers of all time as as, as their greatest ever manager in, in Brian Clough, it also adds a lot of pressure and expectation. And it's not an easy club to play for, most definitely. So we knew that we had a job. We had a young group, a group that, you know, were probably a little bit free of that that pressure because we were you know relatively young and we were able to get the job done and, and as i've said many times before in, in Nottingham forest history it'll be a very small mark in terms of in terms of what they've achieved before um, and hopefully what they'll go and achieve since but for our little group of players for Colin as the manager we um, you know we had a job to do and we were able to do it which was which was it gave me you know the oval game um, at home um, when we got promoted was the, the best football day of, of my life and a lot of the players that, that played that day their lives too
2: uh, after Colin left, uh, Billy Davis came in. I, I asked players a lot about, you know, what was Billy like? There's a question here from uh, Wayne Freestone about Billy. Are you in the camp with other players that I've spoken to that he was actually a, a, a class ma- manager to play for and you've got a lot of time for him? Is that fair? Billy created a, a siege mentality.
0: I mean, Billy was, was absolutely fantastic at that. It wasn't... He, he, Although it didn't always seem that that way from the outside, he had a reason for everything that he did. Um, and at times, you know, supporters weren't happy with him. We can completely understand that and the way that he left both times, um, you know, could have been dealt with differently. But but whilst he was here, he's kind of, his record stands for itself, bar not able to get over the line against Blackpool and Sponsies, His record was was fantastic. And we did create a team over that couple of years, especially the, the first year um where we believed that we were going to games and, and we were going to win especially at home we, we believed before a ball had been kicked that the game was won because opposition feared us um unfortunately as I said we weren't able to get over the line coming third loads of different things could have happened in that January transfer window and it might have been a different story but Billy was able to create you know the siege mentality that, that made it us against the world and, and at times you know I know that he uh, at times he wasn't the most popular, but in terms of just them two seasons from a football perspective, we were we felt we felt unstoppable at times.
2: Is there a bit of Billy in you as a coach or is it an amalgamation of other coaches that you've worked with that makes you you know, Chris Cohen the coach?
0: Loads and loads of yeah, I mean defensively, so many lessons that I still use, you know, to this day in terms of again, I've said it before, as a you know, a manager to defensively Billy was absolutely perfect. Um, in terms of the way that we set up to stop and hold other teams, um, and I learned learned tons of stuff from him. Loads of sessions that I still use today in terms of the training ground and, and what we do to achieve the, the outcomes on a Saturday. So um, I learned loads from Billy, um, loads and loads from Billy, as I did from from some other managers as well. And then there were some managers that I took took less from or took things that I wouldn't do from. So I think you just try and when you meet people um, and you want to be a coach one day. You have to take the the good lessons and the bad, and then try and make sure you implement the good and and don't do the bad, especially when the pressure's on.
2: Does your life experience in terms of you know um, battling back from injuries does that influence you as a coach as well in terms of how you deal with players today?
0: Yeah, that, yeah. I, hopefully. Um, I, I I can't. I try and think, apart from the relegation, thankfully, I think I've been through you know every emotion as a footballer in terms of like you said, you know, big long injuries and setbacks, managers that loved me and, and played me all the time, managers that didn't play me, um, teams that were successful and strong, teams that were weak, teams with um, good characters in the dressing room, teams with bad characters in the dressing room. So hopefully, it's given me a real rounded approach to to, to be able to see it as a coach and see it when it's happening and stop the bad and. And help, you know, help improve the good. So yeah, I would say from my experience as a player, it was it was definitely wasn't perfect, but hopefully that's you know gave me a lot of humility and and uh, and maybe quite rounded when um, when I'm seeing what's what's happening, whether we're winning or losing, you know, on a Saturday afternoon.
2: Do you ever think what might have been in terms of if you hadn't had the injuries, or is that kind of a pointless, futile thought?
0: Um. Oh, I do. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I think it's it's a real natural, real natural emotion. I think the second time I got injured um, against Burnley, um, I was playing left back at the time. But as a club, we were flying, and we felt like that. And then when Stuart Pierce first came in, the third time, them two times, we had teams that were capable of, of getting promoted. And it'll always be, you know, a disappointment for me that I was never able to be, especially when I was captain, the captain that took you know Nottingham Forest back into the Premier League and bar some injuries, do I think we could have done it? Yes, most definitely, but who knows. Um, as I said, in terms of in terms of regret, I don't regret it because it's made me a better person, definitely made me a better dad, but husband, um, hopefully will make me a better coach. So I don't regret it, but would I would love to have taken Nottingham Forest to the Premier League as captain yet then, yeah, being percent when you watch the Leeds stuff and you look at Leeds and Forest as two huge clubs um, with massive histories and, and you watch the Leeds documentary and you see Liam Cooper um, you know, lifting a trophy does that make me not? Uh, does that make me regret not doing it? Of course, I'd love to have done it, but unfortunately, it weren't, weren't meant to be.
2: Which team was the one, if there was one, Forest team? You think, oh, we really should have done it that season? Is it the the Billy one, maybe that lost to Swansea or Blackpool, or even Stuart Pearce when you you started so well and yourself and Andy Reid got injured? Is there one in particular you pick out?
0: Yeah, I think yeah, a mixture of them two teams would be perfect. Uh, Definitely, and two managers as well, to be honest with you, uh, would be perfect, but definitely the first season more probably, going away to West Brom, and beating West Brom, um, the year that we finished third, that was probably um, a year that we felt we could have got promoted um, and obviously finishing third was a, was a good achievement, but you know, and the top two teams, West Brom and Newcastle, they were, were obviously big clubs and, you know, and done really well, but we felt like that was an opportunity missed. And then, obviously, the team was. Stuart, it was really early in the season, so it's difficult to say, but the injuries we had throughout that year were were pretty unheard, of. I think, at one point. We had our starting 11 from the first game of the season. I think we had 10 of them in, and like, reasonably long-term as well. So that would hit any any football club in the world, but especially, obviously, a championship football club where players are coming in that are capable, but the gel that we had at the start of the season really made it feel like it could have been special. But, again, it wasn't meant to be, and, just have to learn your lessons and we're all hopeful, anyone that's, you know, been in the club, especially being there for 13 years, you know, apart from Wednesday and the reverse fixture, um, I'm always looking for and hoping that Nottingham Forest are going to win games and finally get a promotion back to the Premier League that the supporters, the supporters deserve after after 20-odd years.
2: Is Wednesday going to be a bit weird for you, being in the, you know, wanting Forest to lose on a one-off occasion?
1: Yeah, I
0: think um, it would have been weirder if was, I think the reverse fixture at the City Ground would be stranger because I've obviously played so many times there and obviously managed to, to to coach there a few times as well with the under 23. So I think being in the opposite dugout would be a bit strange. Um, but it'd be nice to see some people. Obviously, there's been big, big, like big overhauls even since since I've left. Um, you know, six weeks ago, there's been you know big overhaul. So there's not loads of people left from the from the coaching staff that I might have known. But it'd be nice to see some faces. Obviously, a couple of players. Um, that I played with as well, would be nice, but obviously Wednesday I have a job to do as as a Luton Town coach and then and after that, like you said, we will carry on carry on hoping that, that, that Forest get the results they deserve and, and get themselves back into the Premier League.
2: Yeah, I mean uh, last one on, on Forest today, you you worked so closely with the under twenty threes. Do you see a bright crop of young players coming through behind, you know, Joe Warrell, <laughs> Ryan Yates. Are there some exciting names for, for fans to look out for still?
0: Yeah, most definitely. I mean, a lot of the group, um obviously all the group that I worked with for, for two and a half years, a lot of them are still there. Um, you've got boys out on loan like Jaden Richardson, Brennan Johnson, uh, Tyrese Fauna out on loan and doing and doing great things. And then the group that have stayed with Reedy and um, and Gaz are, are, are performing brilliantly again as well. And you know, it's always a testament to Gaz. Um, obviously, I held the the role of manager for a little while, Jimmy before me, um, Jack Lester, Gareth Holmes before that. really's holding it now, but it's always underneath um, Gary Brazil's stewardship towards making successful teams and, and most importantly, successful footballers and players that I've just mentioned, as well as the players that that are winning every week in the under 23s at the moment. There's there's a great group coming through, and Forest fans should be really excited as always that that, that, that we're going to be able that, that sorry Forest are going to be able to bring to bring people through and. Again, it's a testament to how, how, how good an academy Gaz has, has, has built over the last five,
2: six years. Um, you, you're well regarded by Forest Fans. i just put a couple of messages up for you to stroke your ego a bit, if you like that. And Gary Birtle's like this when uh, everyone said what a good bloke he was. So, uh, Ian Allsop, um, since you've gone, uh, just wanted to say thanks for all you did, a true, loyal professional, and... Um, one here saying love you chris hope you come back from day from glen page and there's a few more like that um john james proper red i mean is it nice for you to to read those messages even though you've gone now
0: yeah obviously even when i left
1: um i'm not, not on a social like open
0: social media platform and stuff but i was told by the media people down here and by some friends and family about you know the amount of lovely messages that 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 was um that was sent out you know once i kind of done my farewell letter and stuff like that and I think it's just hopefully over the years, you know, and it was never perfect. Um, I don't see myself as, you know, a legend or anything like that. Even though I was there a long time, we weren't we didn't win enough, weren't good enough for, for, it, for anyone to, to call me that. But hopefully I went into work every day and tried to make the club better, whether that was a player or a coach. And and that's all I did was whether I was playing, whether I was captain, whether I was injured, whether I was coaching. I, w- I went in every single day with, with good energy and, Try to make the club better and, and help them get back to where they, where they deserve to be. And hopefully that was seen by the fans. I think it was. And that's why the rapport I've always had with them was, even though at times I wasn't, you know, the best footballer in the world is that it wasn't for a lack of, it wasn't through a lack of trying or a lack of effort. And, and that was the same in, in the coaching role that I had. So, you know, they helped me through some tough periods in terms of being injured, the amount of letters and the amount of messages of support, even people just coming up to the street and, you know, just not consoling you but asking if you're okay. Um, at the time, you probably don't realize how much you need it, but looking back on it, I, I feel very fortunate to have had the relationship with the football club uh, and the supporters that I did for, for such a long period of time.
2: Um, just before we let you go, I want you to just finish with a couple of quick fire questions if, if that's all right, because I know I've kept you for a while, I do appreciate your, your time, of course. Um, best forest teammate in terms of the best player you played with?
0: Oh, best, play, best player, Lewis. Uh, Lewis McGugan,
2: uh, best friend at Forest.
0: Best friend at Forest. Aaron Davis or Joe Garner.
2: And uh, best memory in a red shirt. Yeah, getting promoted. Uh,
0: getting promoted on the last day against Yeovil. Um, obviously, for the supporters as well, it was just and they obviously weren't expecting. It was all kind of gearing up for the playoffs. Um, but then Doncaster losing and us winning, just um, euphoria. again. Yeah. Something I'll, I'll never forget. I'll never forget the, the fans invading the pitch, the smell of beer, um, you know, and going into a changing room, having known that we'd created a, a team that had been successful. Was yeah, something that will live with me forever.
2: Best goal? I'm guessing you're going to say Ipswich there, aren't you?
0: Most important, Ipswich. Yeah, best was Blackpool in the playoffs, but most important, definitely the Ipswich game. Yeah,
2: and. Um... Last one, I mean, can you kind of sum up what Nottingham Forest means to you? Is it, you know, the influence it's going to take on you going forwards, do you think? I,
0: I, I kind of said it in my my, my, um, my farewell letter that the, that the football club did change my life, the opportunity that it gave me. Um, I was desperate to play for a football club that, uh, for a long period of time. I told my mum at the age of 16, 17 that I, I want to play for someone for 10, 11, 12 years. I want to be captain somewhere. Um, it allowed all my dreams, apart from being a Premier League footballer. It allowed me to, to live out all my dreams over over a long period of time. And, and if I couldn't be a footballer anymore, I was desperate to be a coach, and it allowed me to do that. So, in terms of what it's done for me, I'll, I'll be forever grateful for, for the opportunity that it gave me. And as I said, hopefully there was some, I, you know, they, the club got a little bit back from me, but all I can be is really, really grateful as to as to the opportunities that it, that it gave me over the 13 years that I was there.
2: Well, uh, we normally finish with a prediction for the next game, but I'll probably spare you that because you're bound to say Luton are going to win and I'm bound to say Forrest are going to win. So uh, we'll pick that up for the next match. But uh, thank you to everyone who watched along and uh, threw in comments and questions for Chris and Paul. Uh, Chris, we really appreciate your time, especially so close to a game. We're really grateful for you joining us and I hope you've enjoyed that relatively. Yeah, no, it's
0: brilliant. Thank you. No, thanks for having me, Matt.
2: Thanks very much and uh, thanks to everyone who watched along. We'll be back with uh, another episode either later in the week or next week. So I hope everyone uh, enjoys the game tomorrow and we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening.